right, so today we are going to jump into um, something that God's put on my heart for a little while, and uh, I may be the only one in the room uh, struggling with this or working through this, but you know how God works in my life. Whatever I got going on, I just share it with you. So um, let's pray to begin with. Father God, we just thank you so much, God, for being here before us today. God, we thank you for every seat that's filled. We thank you for every uh, person that's online watching this morning. God, I just pray your abundant blessings upon them, Father. You've already showed up in an incredible way today and have moved, God. And I just pray you would continue that. God, take me out of the equation. Just use me as a tool to glorify you, Father God. We praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so today the name of the message is um, going to the next level. And uh, something that, that I think about and have thought about a number of times is how many times have we go through our walk with Christ and we, we feel these levels where we go to a new level of our relationship with Jesus. And over my walk, it's been 11 years since I gave my life to Christ. I'm 43 now. So um, it's been amazing. And I felt these, these steps or these levels that I've gone to. And not that I'm any, any better than I was before. It's just I'm a lot further from the sin than when I was at one time, right? So, but inside of that, at times, we get stalled out. Okay, does anybody ever feel that? Do you feel like you're walking through this life and your relationship with Jesus and you just kind of stall? Well, today I want to talk a little bit about that because I think when we stall is when we don't see that growth. We don't feel that next level. And God wants us to continue in growing in that relationship. So we're going to break that down today and I'm going to talk about four or five different things, but we're going to, we're going to end up really talking about the one that's most dear to my heart this morning. And uh, that's uh, falling to temptation. And when we fall to temptation, we stall out. Sometimes we even go the other direction. So let's get into this. So the first thing is, is, is sometimes we stall. Jeremy talked last week about the four chairs, right? Wasn't that cool? Great analogy. How many of you picked up your Jesus chair and took him with you the rest of the week? Raise your hand. Wasn't that cool? Just a great way to get a word picture to get our minds wrapped around. Some of you may have been even Jesus was off the stage, right? Hopefully Jesus is up on the stage in your life right now. So one of the reasons we can stall out is whenever we don't take Jesus everywhere. If we live him at home and we go to work or to school or whatever, we're not experiencing him like we should throughout the day. So therefore we don't see that progress. We don't feel that movement going forward in our lives. The other thing is this, limited time with Jesus. Okay, limited time. Are we really devoting the time that God wants us to through prayer and devotion? Remember, we talk to God through what? Prayer, right? And how does he talk to us? Through his word, through other people, through devotions, through music, right? All those different ways. But what do we got to do in order to to understand Jesus better? We got to give him the time. The other thing, we had an incredible elders retreat this past weekend, um, Friday night, and uh, we stayed, a group, the the elders and and Jeremy and I, we stayed. uh, Friday night is a really cool place, and uh, it was so cool. We stayed Friday, we're there Saturday till about 4 o'clock, and then the youth came over. But inside of that, we talked a lot about discipleship, right? And inside of limited time with Jesus, I want to ask you, how many of you are plugged into discipleship in one way or another? Are you being trained up and mentored by somebody in your, in your life or somebody close to you? And then let me ask you this, those of you who have been walking with Christ for a long time, has God put somebody on your heart to disciple? Have you thought about that recently? 
right? Is there somebody inside of your circle of friends or family where you're like, man, I really feel like I could help that person disciple and speak some Jesus into him or her, right? So what do you do whenever that happens? You move forward. If you move forward, what does God do to you? He pours the blessings on, doesn't he? And that's not why we do it, but that's what God does. He loves us that much, okay? So again, spend time in prayer and devotion with God. If not, you're likely going to take a step back or get stuck. The other is not looking or listening um, for God. And what I mean by this is I feel like our faith is hampered at times. And I'll just give you something simple in my life. So I walked by this cooler that was used for the women's conference. Has that been last week or the week before? I can't recall. Last week. So it's in the garage, right? Well, how many of you have walked by a cooler that's been used before, right? And you didn't clean it out when it was done, right? What's that cooler look like? It is disgusting, right? I mean, sometimes it is really bad. Well, I've been walking by the cooler all week. Walking by it all week, I'm like, I'm not cleaning that out. Kylie took it, she's cleaning it out, right? Right? Dylan Whitley and I had a conversation this morning. See, so I'm with you, brother. So anyways, I'm like, I am not cleaning the cooler. Kylie's cleaning the cooler. So a few days went by, and I'm like, man, I really need to look in that cooler because she's not going to clean it. I got I to gotta, I gotta open that thing up. Guess what was in there? Fresh, clean as can be, bottled water. <laughs> you know? And so God, it was so cool. God spoke to me in that moment over bottled water. Isn't that neat? So I'm talking, man, I want my eyes open all the time of what God's doing in and around my life. Don't procrastinate, Josh. Open the lid, do some clean and help your wife out, right? So my point is, if we don't look at those things that God puts in and around our lives, I think we're hampering our faith. Because I want my faith to grow and continue to grow. And if I'm looking for opportunities to give that glory and that praise to God, that's where it's all at for me. I love that. I love riding that faith energy is the way that I look at it. So again, if we don't keep our eyes open, we aren't looking and listening for those opportunities for God being around us, even in a cooler full of water, right? There's all kinds of opportunities. Sometimes we can kind of take a, take a step back. The other thing is this, um, not giving Jesus credit or praise, okay? How many of you in the past even, let's say, three months or even a month have accomplished something in your life, right? Maybe you got a promotion in your job. Maybe you made a baseball team. Maybe you hit a home run. Maybe you um, did good at, at work. Whatever it is, did a great job at a project. How many of you have done something like that, even in the last month, let's say to three months? Raise your hand up just real quick. How many of you feel like you've done something? Pretty cool, right? Pretty proud uh, of that moment. And I look at that like we, like so God has blessed me and you with the gifts, talents, and abilities that he has. So inside of that moment, inside of receiving that promotion or that praise from your boss, did you internalize that as, yeah, I'm pretty good. I did that, right? Or you're like, man, God, thank you. Thank you for blessing me with that opportunity. I give all the credit to you because if I wasn't able to, to get up early in the morning and work hard on that project and have the competency to retain the information to be able to present in front of my colleagues, right, I never would have been able to do that. So if we aren't giving Jesus the credit and praise for all the things that he is doing through our lives, we're not doing what God's calling us to do. Would you agree with that? So any opportunity at all that we get to say, thank you, God, thank you, Jesus, then we need to do that. 
And what happens whenever we do that? What, what happens whenever we give praise and glory to God? Blessings. It, it, I'm telling you, it is the coolest thing in the world, right? It's the coolest thing that ever happened. God created everything. He sent his son to die for us. He blesses us every day, and he wants that glory. He wants that credit. And when we give that to him, I'm telling you what, he's going to continue to pour it on. Okay? The other thing, I'll give you a couple analogies inside of this. So there's a couple motorcycle racers. Trey Kennard's one of them. Um, Cooper Webb's another. And I know uh, Jason knows who I'm talking about. Some of you guys, others may. But anyways, two Christian athletes, incredible motocross, outdoor motocross, supercross stars. Whenever they get on the podium, they win a race, what do they do? Give the praise to God, right? I love it. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Because what are, how many people are they touching? Millions. Millions, right? Tim Tebow, similar, millions, right? So when I see that, when I see those athletes, and they realize that God created them, God gave them that, those gifts, that they're to say, God, thank you, and to give that praise to him, it is awesome because the platforms that God has given those guys is absolutely incredible. But this is where I want you to be careful because sometimes we think, well, I don't have a platform. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. How many people live in your home? How many people live in your home? A couple, two, three, four, five, you got kids. You got a platform. Whenever something awesome happens in your life, what do you tell your kids? Man, God blessed us. God, God cleared a path for us. God took that obstacle out of our way. God, man, he provided a way that we could go on vacation this year, right? Whenever you're glorifying God, giving him that credit, man, it just continues to come. So just be, just have that in your mind. He deserves the credit, right? He deserves the credit. He wants to draw others to himself. And what does it do whenever you say thank you to somebody? Doesn't it bring some joy inside of you? Isn't it a cool thing just to say thank you? How about when somebody else says thank you to you? Does that feel pretty good? It's almost like God is up there and we've just done this incredible thing and God's like, all right, Josh, come on, brother. Give, give it to me, give it to me. You know, I'm like, praise God, right? And he's like, whoa! Angels are dancing and screaming in the streets, right? How does it feel to God whenever we do something, I win a race, right? And that's been years ago. But let's say I win a race, and I'm up there on the podium, and I'm like, yeah, man, I worked hard. I want to thank all my sponsors, mom and dad, and Kylie, all this stuff. And I, and I get off the stage and walk back to the pits. God's like, man, what about me? Think about an artist. Let's say an artist does a sculpture, spends all kinds of time creating this incredible sculpture, enters it into a competition by far most incredible sculpture there wins the competition but they don't call his name they call somebody else's name was that right how did it make that sculptor feel think about God in that way he has sculpted created you just the way that you are but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are right he wants to continue to shape you so everything that you do, every breath that comes through you, glorify God in all you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're mowing the grass, you're, you're building a bus, you're selling cars, you're a nurse. It doesn't matter where you're at, what platform you have, what God blessed you. God wants you to give him all the praise and glory. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Keep that in front of you. All right, let's see. The other thing is this one here. We're going to talk the most about this today. It's giving into temptation. I'm telling you what, this is a tough one, isn't it? Man, we get stuck, we get stalled out whenever we give in to temptation. And there's really three main areas of temptation. Lust of the flesh, which is those, which are those physical things. Lust of the eyes, coveting, comparison, and then pride of life, right? That pride piece is a tough one, especially for men, right? How many of you men, just give me a shout, give me a hand up. Have you ever struggled with pride in your life? Figuring like, yep, yeah, couple hands back there, right? I'm with you, brother. Right? We think, man, we got this figured out. I can walk through this life. Nobody's going to know really what's going on on the inside because I'm just going to show them that I know what I got, I know what I got going on. I'm going to take care of it all. Man, you fall into that, and your life can be turmoil inside. It's kind of like that great American family that looks great on the outside, but on the inside is rotting away, decaying, right? Sometimes you can't see the cancers that are, that are tearing us up inside. But over time, that's going to show through, isn't it? So don't hold on to that pride. Let go of that thing. So I want to talk to you just real quick. We're going to look at 1 John. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but what? Is of the world. Another verse is James 1, 13 through 15. It says, and remember, no one who wants to do wrong should ever say, God is tempting me. Sometimes I think we have a misconception of that. God is not tempting you. It goes on and says that God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else either. Temptation comes from what? The lure. The lure of our own evil desires. Those things inside of us that we allow to, to grow and spur into action, right? It says these evil desires lead to evil actions and evil actions lead to death. To death. So what temptations do we struggle with as a congregation this morning? What do you see up here that stands out to you? Do you struggle with temptation of sex? Going back to smoking, drugs, pornography, men and women, young adults. Do you click on that picture? Do you go deeper inside of that website? Do you justify it because of not real happy in my relationship right now? Nobody knows. Pornography is spreading rapidly and destroying families. I've been very open and honest about previous addiction that I had to pornography. Not proud of it. Kind of disgust myself over it actually. But I'm telling you what, if you don't give that to God, and allow him to strip that out of you, it is going to eat you from the inside out. And then you're going to start doing things based on it eating you from the inside out. So stay away from it. Another one, what about this? Like gossip, right? Are you tempted to gossip? How many of you, I mean, I'm telling you, right? You're like out in the workplace and somebody's saying, oh yeah, Josh is doing this. And oh, you just want to jump right in on that thing, right? Well, they're talking about me. Don't jump in on it. Right, Kylie, jump in on it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right, but what do we want to do with gossip? We want to get out of there. We're like, man, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to round it. Anytime that I see it or feel it, I'm just like gone. I'm like, yep, not going to do that. But we can fall into those temptations, stealing, 
procrastination even, right? There's a number of them. My point is, is there's not a single person in this room this morning that doesn't struggle with some type of temptation. Would you agree? Look around. Thank you, babe. Right? Look around. So I want you to, the reason I want you to look around is I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone. Leading what can happen, given in a temptation, can lead to these kind of things. And I'm just being real transparent with myself. Guilt, conviction. Conviction's good though, right? That's God talking to us. And I forgot my, my phone's back there, but I also want, I was going to read a little passage for you. Um, condemnation and conviction are two totally different things. I want you all to know that. Conviction is a good thing. It's, it's the Holy Spirit inside of you. Jesus saying, hey, whoa, 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 brother, sister. You don't need to be doing that. Don't go down that path. Condemnation is what Satan wants to do to you. He wants you to feel like you're condemned, you're worthless. There's no way that God can heal you through that. That's a lie. That is a lie. Conviction is healthy. Man, I want God saying, Josh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I want him like microphone. Josh, I see this coming, stay away. Right? I mean, I don't even want to be, man, that gets loud when I do that, doesn't it? Woo! Right? But I, I just want to see it a long ways off because... I can feel like I've let God down. I really do. I feel like I can feel that inside of me, and then I can let that just keep bubbling. I'm like, gosh darn. And then I start feeling bad about myself. And then what happens with that? What's the road of depression lead to? More depression, deeper depression, darkness. Satan wants to isolate you. If you're feeling depressed today, get around people. Do not go home and sit alone. Get around people. God, God wants you with a body of believers to hug on you, to love on you, to build you up, to encourage you. Satan wants you sitting in a dark room by yourself, lonely, feeling unloved, hurt, depressed, down. And he wants to push you deeper and deeper. Why? Because he doesn't want you using the gifts, talents, and abilities he's blessed you with to give all the praise and glory to Jesus and help other people. Amen? I'm telling you what, some of the most powerful speakers I've ever heard of have come from a deep state of depression and anxiety and worry and have said, you know what, God took it all, I gave it to him. I finally let go of it and he took it. And man, I want to tell you my story. Man, I'm telling you, isn't that powerful? Whew. Man, I tell you, I have been filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't know how many times today. I love it. Isn't it an incredible feeling to know God is present, right? This is his house. I told Peggy walking in, how blessed are we to have this place to worship in? Man, I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. The other thing is weakness. Um, I, I can feel weakness whenever I give in to temptation. Um, feel like I should be stronger. Man, I've been walking with God for 10, 11 years now. Man, I should be able to say no to that temptation. I ought to be able to turn that channel off or put my Facebook away, right? or not lash out at somebody or get in the middle of a gossip circle. I, ought to, I Man, I ought, to, I ought to be stronger than that by now. Guess what? We're all human. But I will tell you this, the more that I'm in this, the less I'm in that. Amen? So the more I'm in this, the less I'm in that. And that, 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 it doesn't take me anywhere. Right? But this does. This does. All right, the other thing is, downward spiral how many how many of you have done this um i have 
I've already done this, I'm going to do that, right? I've already, I've already, I've already sinned. I'm already in the middle of it, right? I made a commitment to my wife that I wasn't going to drink, right? And I'm away on a business trip. Nobody knows. She doesn't know. Not with anybody. I'm going to have a beer. Okay, I have a beer. Man, I'm going to have another one. Man, I've already had two. I'm just going to, I'm going to have another one. Before you know it, you're sitting at the bar. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. You're drunk. And you're not doing what God has put on your heart to do. But you have gone, right? What's sin do? Keeps you longer than you want to stay. Costs you more than you're willing to pay, right? What's the other part? Further than you want to go. Let's take that, let's take that story a little bit further. Somebody sits down next to you at the bar at 1 o'clock in the morning on that business trip. Where does that go? You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we can start off and have good intentions or feel like, I got this. Or, but what will usually happen, you go a little further. Well, then you go a little further. Well, you're like, well, I've already gone that far. Well, before you know it, especially if it's drug or alcohol-induced or some type of, of substance, you're, you're out of it. I mean, I'm telling you from experience. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just telling you, I've made the mistakes, right? I was unfaithful to my wife. I'm not proud of that moment. Stupid decisions that led me further than I wanted to go cost me my family, right? Stupid mistakes. I'm just saying, stop, man. If you feel the conviction, stop. Do not allow it to go any further and don't justify it because of what somebody else is doing or isn't doing, okay? So again, that can lead to a downhill spiral. Please don't go down that path. All right, so here's a question. So if I'm a Christian, why am I still tempted? Huh? Isn't that like how many of you gave your life to Christ and were like, woo, awesome day, right? Youth, awesome, right? God is in your life, powerful. But let's not be snowballed by Satan saying, oh, it's all going to be rosy. No problems for you. No temptation coming. Catch you off guard and smack you upside the head, right? What did Satan do to Jesus? Tempted him. After 40 days and 40 nights, he ate nothing. He became very hungry. Can you imagine how weak Jesus was? It says the devil came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, change these stones into loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scripture says people need more than the bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God, right? So this is a living example. Jesus Christ himself was tempted by Satan. So if you're walking in this life thinking, I'm a Christian, gave my life to Christ, I'm not going to have temptation. You're wrong, right? So don't be surprised when it comes. And I will tell you this. I was told this at a young age as a Christian believer, a believer in Jesus, Satan's coming after you, right? Because before, we talked about it last night, before I knew Jesus, I didn't know I was sinning. I didn't, my definite, I didn't know what sin was. I knew right from wrong, but I didn't know what sin was. So Satan doesn't care if you're not saved. He doesn't want to spend any time with you because you're not going to heaven. It's hard to say and it's hard to hear. He's unconcerned about you. 
because he's going to see you later. But I'm telling you what, you give your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to heaven. You're, you're going to praise him while you're here, right? You're going to do everything you can to draw more people to Jesus Christ because of the love that he shared with you, right? So do you think ta- Satan's going to be all over your rear end? You better believe it. He's coming. And you know the list of temptations that we just put on the screen and how many of your eyes lit up over some of those things. Guess what Satan's going to do? He's going to bring those right back into your life and say, here they are, Josh. Here they are. And Satan's not some big nasty creature. I always thought he was. But you know what? He's the best looking woman walking down the road. He's the hottest dude, muscle guy, right? He's that awesome sports car, Lamborghini, biggest hat. That's what he is. He's going to bring those things, right? He's not going to scare He's just going to, here it is. How about some of this, right? And for the, those big muscle guys out there, yeah, I saw you looking. So my point is, is that, man, if Jesus was tempted, you're going to be tempted. Okay, so let's, let's move on. So let's take a look here. I got uh, 1 John 5, 19. It said, we know that we are children of God once we give our lives to Christ and that the world around us is under the power and control of this evil one, right? That's where we're at. We're in the fallen world. That's what's going on around us right now. So how should we react to and resist temptation? Okay, and this, this is just, and I did something a little bit different. I was telling Morty, usually I type up all my notes and everything, and I just journaled everything that I wanted to share about today, and it was an awesome, just really cool, kind of back to the basics for me. So I just share that with you because um, if you feel led to take some notes or write some things down, I know everybody struggles with it. Your phone, and I always say this, take notes in your phone, right? I love seeing people taking notes in their phone, but I know the difference, right? I mean, I do. Because most, I mean, like you're, you know, you usually do this, right? And that could be video games. I don't know that. You may trick me there. But this, those aren't, that's not note taking. Can you see the side view? <laughs> right, right. And you guys in the back, I can see you back there. Right, all right. So let's jump in. All right, so the first one is this. What did Jesus do with Satan? He reacted with truth, which is God's word. Right, So the, the more clear that we are in our hearts and minds of God's word, we're going to be able to ask God for help, which is the next part of it. So we got to soak ourselves in God's word. The more time we're in this, the less we're in that, right? So get your head around God's word. Get your mind right. Get your heart right. Because when we have that inside of us, then it's easier to react and say, God, man, I... I recognize that I'm in the middle of this temptation, that you're, you're convicting me over it. So God, guess what? I remember that I'm a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, right? That's the God that I'm calling to, saying, I know I can't do this on my own, and you're right here with me because I fell the temptation I don't know how many times before I gave my life to Christ, and guess what? After I gave myself to Christ. But the more that I'm soaking myself in the word of God, the further I am away from falling into that temptation. Are there going to be things that come up in my life and challenges that come up in my, my life? You better believe it. But man, I want to get as far away of that thing as I possibly can. So bathe yourself in God's word. I saw a couple quotes. You guys know that I say this, and this came from Lou many years ago, but um, and I don't think I had it up here. But it says, I, if, I feel, if I feel temptation coming... Um, 
around me. I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, get out. And some of you may have even, you may even see me in the car at times, because um, I am, like, I'll scream it. Like, I'm, like, multiple times at times, right? So don't be shy, because the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus defeated death, defeated Satan, right? So that lives, that lives inside of us. The power of the Holy Spirit resides inside of you when you give your life to Christ. So rely on that power. The other quote that I read was, when temptation knocks, I just send Jesus to the door. Isn't that cool? When temptation knocks, I just send Jesus to the door. That's like nonchalant. I'll give you another another little picture. You mechanics out there, I've told the story before, but I heard an analogy of this. This guy's got the hood up on his car. He's working on the car, right? He's got an alternator problem or something going on. He's trying to figure it out, and he's like, man, what, what is And this is God, okay? So God's looking inside the engine compartment. He's looking around. He's like, <laughs> right? There's, and it's like hard to even see, but it's a little bitty. looks like a flea, and he gets down there. He's like, dink, and that's Satan. Got it? That's how little he is in comparison to our God. Right, so call on the name of Jesus to help you in that time. No matter what you got going on in your life, don't give Satan any more power than he's got, right? Because sometimes it's just in our minds even. All right, let's keep moving. The other thing is react with God's help. And I want to read 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. And I just want you, I wanted to show you that because what Satan will also do is he'll try and isolate you and and feel like you're the only one that struggles with pornography or the only one that struggles with gossip or the temptation to have sex outside of your marriage or the temptation to have sex as a young person before you're married or the temptation to have a drink or do a drug or just try something, right? You're not alone. You're not alone. But God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Whenever you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Amen? And again, that is the word of God. That's not the word of Josh or the word of Truth and Grace Fellowship. That is not, that that is God's word. Amen to that? So so he is speaking to us very clearly. Man, I'm going to give you everything that you need in a way out of that situation. So if you feel it, get out of there, okay? The other thing is this, I want you to be proactive. Proactive, and what do I mean by being proactive? The first is, we've been talking a lot about this lately, and I just wanted to reiterate the point. Guard your heart, okay? Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it, okay? What do you got going on in there? What kind of stuff are you letting in, right? Garbage in, garbage out. The stuff that you're allowing inside of your inner self is going to produce action out of your mouth and the rest of your body. Would you agree with that? If you're soaking your mind and your heart in the Word of God, looking, reading, you're going to see that. If I'm picking up nasty magazines, watching stuff on television and, and all that that's not healthy for me, what am I doing inside of my heart? I'm conditioning my heart to that kind of stuff. So over time, and, and it's not, it's like going to the gym, right? You're not going to see an immediate a change. And you think, oh, I'm okay, well, I did that, it's all right. It's not, but let me give you an analogy. How many of you have been to the gym for a 20-minute 
workout one day and then looked in the mirror the next day and you're like, oh yeah, man, I'm, I'm good, right? I feel good. How many, how many of you have done that? You're lying. Lying is a sin, right? But what does it take? I mean, it takes 20 minutes in the gym, maybe three days, four or five days a week for probably a little bit of time, maybe, maybe a month or two, right? Well, think about this. Let's say you did 20 minutes a day every day, and I'm not saying you do this because I don't want you to get burnt out on, on working out as an analogy, but do it every day, 20 minutes a day for 100 days. You think you'd see a result? Think you'd be able to stay in the mirror and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you probably would, right? Well, the same goes whenever we're looking at what we're putting in our heart. So you may not see like, ah, maybe I'll just look at that one picture. It's not a big deal. Well, the next day you look at a different picture. Well, the next day you look at two or three pictures. Or you get involved in, ah, it's just one little gossip session. It's not, I'm, I'm just going to listen. Well, the next day, right, you see what I'm saying? Over time, you, you may have been right here with God. Your heart could have been good, reading the word, and then over time, you're just kind of sidestepping over here, and you're filling yourself with stuff that's not so good, and before you know it, you're like way over here. So just know that that can sneak up on you, all right? The other thing is pray. This is how we react to and resist God. Pray, Matthew 6, 9 through 13 says, Our Father in heaven, right? pray this every single day every single day I pray this and, and when, when Kylie and I went to First United Methodist uh, with Pastor Ron um, they said it every day in service and I didn't really understand it since then obviously I've, I've broke down every word in it and studied and, and it's incredible but I just recommend that you pray this every day I really would so our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, right? The Lord's prayer, forgive us our debts or our sins and forgive our debtors. What's this say? And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Probably, the, I don't want to say the greatest prayer, probably the most re repeated prayer of all time. Pro arguably, but probably pretty close, right? Temptation is inside of that prayer. So does God know that we're tempted? Does God want us to call upon him and his power? You better believe it. Okay? It's a great reminder. And I would just really recommend that you break that Lord's Prayer down and, and do some studying on your own. Because literally every day um, that I say it, I say it very slowly. And it revives me every morning. The other prayer, and this isn't about Josh. I'm just telling you what I do. Um, check out the prayer Jabez. You want to see blessings in your life? I started that many years ago. Radical, radical change in my life for me and my family, um, the prayer Jabez, prayer Jabez, okay, check it out, all right, the other thing is, um, I wrote down, you guys out there in the marketing world and sales, I'm going to get a little off on a sales tangent here, have you ever heard of uh, top of mind marketing, top of mind mentality, okay, whenever we go through the Lord's Prayer 
for me, prayer Jabez and the Lord's Prayer, whatever that is, it's at the top of my mind every single day. All those elements inside the Lord's Prayer is at the top of my mind. What happens when we don't pray, when we don't open our Bible? What's at the top of our mind? Probably the garbage we struggle with at the end of the previous day, right? So reset it. Reset it. Put God's Word at the top of your mind every single morning. Hit that reset button. And I want it throughout my day. I listen to WBGL. I love WBGL. One of the reasons, it's top of mind mentality. I have it there almost all of the time. Okay? All right. The next thing is um, surround yourself with the right people. Huge, right? So Psalms 36.1, send whispers to the wicked. Deep within their hearts, they have no fear of God at all. Okay, surround yourself with the right people. If you feel like it's time to get out of the group that you're in, then it's time. If God has laid that conviction on your heart, stop thinking about it and go. Right? I always say create space. I love people, right? But if I'm starting to be, I want to have a positive impact on everybody that I run into. Everybody. I want to, I want to inspire, motivate, encourage. But if they start to infect my life, then I got to create some space. So if you feel like you got some infection going on in your life, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to call people infection, I'm just saying, but if you feel like somebody's having that impact on you in your life, just be like, well, I don't have to deal with that. I don't, I don't have to do that. I'm going to go over here, right? So surround yourself with the right people and be careful about this part, picking that group back up. A friend of mine told me once we were going to go into a house, a drug house, a meth house, and literally pull a friend out of that house, literally physically go in and get him. He said, I'm not a fireman. I'm not a fireman. He'd been six, at that point, I think six years clean himself. He said, I'm not ready to go back into that house because the smells of that house may lure me right back into that same sin that I was in. Right? So be careful that you don't jump back into that friend group and try and help them before you're completely in a place of knowing where God's got you, okay? So surround yourself with the right people. I like this one. Just run, right? How do you, how do you resist or react to temptation? You run, brother, run. Forrest, run, right? Run. 2 Timothy 2.22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteousness, living, faithfulness, love, and peace right? I love that. I love it. I wrote down this quote, and I don't know. Oh, I did write it. Okay, let me show you. So two things. It's an immediate no when temptation comes, and when you pause and ponder is when you fall into sin. Isn't that cool? I read that somewhere. We don't usually, and just so you know, temptation is not sin. Temptation's not sin falling into temptation and doing what it is inside of that thing is sin, okay? So don't, I, in, in my commentary, um, in one of the Bibles I, I read, it says, whenever we're tempted, we can feel dirty, right? Can't you, like, sometimes you feel like you feel dirty that you even, like, even started having the thoughts. Like, literally, I've been in prayer before, like, praying, and have these thoughts come into my mind. I'm like, God, what? What is that? Right? And I can feel like, man, less of, a, less of a follower, less of a believer, feel even dirty at times. But don't let Satan's trickery go down that path, okay? 
But what happens oftentimes that we fall into temptation, our first intention in that temptation is like, no, right? I mean, that's usually what God's doing. No. But what we do is we're like, we pause, we pause. Instead of just running, we pause and we're like, hmm, well, that'd probably be all right. Probably do, right? And seriously, am I the only one? Right? It happens. So don't pause and ponder. Run. Okay? Just run. But run just blazing. I mean, blazing just seriously. I love it. Just the, the thought of it is screaming Jesus. Right? I love you, Jesus! Woo! And you're just trucking. Right? Because that thing's going to be behind you. Throw out Jesus' name all the time. All right? And then the other thing is, um, this is another quote, justification begins and then you sin. You begin to justify that thing over and over and over again. And then I want to close on this, um, praise and worship, you guys can come on up. And I want to I just, let's, if you've got a Bible, let's turn to um, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Get out your phone. I love this. We're going to put on the full armor of God this morning. Y'all up? You up for that? Because I just felt like, you know what, God is kind of closing in a way that he's like, man, you know, if you really want to fight the, the spiritual warfare and battle that's out there every single day, and uh, Eric, I'm going to have you click through these slides as I'm, I'm reading out of my, my Bible. But man, you got to put on the full armor of God. And, and after this, man, I, I don't know, I just want, they're asking, you know, what song do we do up here? I can hear them in the background because we didn't know if we wanted to be a soft song or a cranking song. I want to crank it up. I want to give God some praise. You okay with that? So let's all stand up, and uh, we're going to read the Word of God this morning as we have been. But what's cool, too, I think um, I've, I've, I watch all kinds of sermons, and uh, what's cool, I'll even see churches in the very beginning, like everybody will stand as God's Word's being read, and it's just like an honoring. You know, like, God, we love you. We praise you. We lift you up, and we're going to read. So if you've got a Bible, phone, whatever it is, check it out, but I'm going to read it for you, all right? It says, so put on the full armor of God, the final word. Be strong with the Lord's mighty power. And you can play some music in the background. That'd be good. All right. So I love that. So, so be strong with the Lord's mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. We are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realm. So this is God's word telling us that it's out there and it's real and we got to put on his armor if we're going to fight it. It says, use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil so that after the battle you will be standing firm, stand your ground, putting on the sturdy belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, that you will be fully prepared in every battle, every battle. You will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. Put on salvation as your helmet, amen. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. Praise God, right? I love it. Don't forget. Amen. Give it up to God.
So I want you to know this, we're changing things up a little bit today and we felt conviction as a body of believers and a leadership that we want to give you the opportunity every single week to give your life to Christ. Okay, are you up for that? I know you youth had an incredible experience. You gave your life to Christ. You're, the old is gone, the new has come, right? Well, there may be somebody here this morning that hasn't done that. And you need somebody to talk to you about what the gospel of Jesus is. God, sin, Jesus, repent, and then life. If that's you this morning, we want you to go to the cross. It's as simple as that. Somebody will be back there to lead you in the prayer of salvation and understand where you're at and understanding who Jesus is and what he did for your life. Sound good? I love it. So let's be in prayer in that way. And I want you to leave it at the altar today. If you need prayer with somebody, come over here. We'll, we'll jump down with you, grab somebody to pray with you. If you want to have some alone time with God, just leave it at the altar. Come over here. And you know that temptation that you had not to come to church today? You know that one that Satan put on your heart? Guess what? You're here. So my recommendation for you is to come put that temptation at the altar. Leave it here today and walk out of here a new person. Praise God. We love you, Jesus.